So by now, you probably know that I'm in a massive student loan debt hole to the tune of $275,000. Now, if you don't know, go back to that first episode of the podcast where I tell you exactly how I ended up in this much debt. Anyways, yeah, so I'm working with a whole mortgage. Okay, I can joke about it now, but when I first started coming to terms with it, this was a hard reality and I literally didn't know where to start. Like I said before, it was very hard for me to even conceptualize this much money and how much money I was really going to have to pay back over the the long run. So I'd heard a few names floating around in the personal finance world. By this point in my finance journey, I was starting to follow other personal finance influencers and I'd heard some big time names. But something about some of their message, and I I won't say any names, but some of the messaging out there just didn't feel good to me. It didn't feel like that is what I needed. I didn't I'm not a tough love kind of gal. I just, I need to be told things gently, sweetly. And so the whole tough love, harsh kind of personal finance guru wasn't for me. It didn't mesh with me. Now, I knew I was in a bunch of debt and I needed to get out. But the idea of like living in total deprivation and living off rice and beans, it just, like I said, it didn't mesh well with me. I'm the type of person I want to treat myself to a facial. I want to be able to go to brunch with friends. I wanted to buy a new pair of shoes every once in a while. I just realized that this whole total deprivation thing wasn't for me. I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe I needed to 100% sacrifice all the things that brought me any type of joy just because I was in student loan debt. To me, personally, that just felt like a punishment. So I wanted to be able to enjoy the money I was finally making, of course, responsibly, right? I wanted to enjoy it responsibly. Listen, you've worked so hard to get here and you deserve to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Now, I'm not saying neglect your student loans entirely. So you may be listening to this and thinking, okay, Amira, so then how do I still enjoy my life even with the weight of six-figure student loan debt? And I just have one answer for you. You need to have a solid strategy and you need to be able to stick to it. And it needs to feel good to you. It needs to mesh well with you. So in today's episode, I'm sharing my biggest tips that have helped me pay off $40,000 currently of student loan debt while still affording to get my facials. (laughs) All right, let's dive in. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kind of left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school? Then friend, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should have. I'm your host, Amira Kondali. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast, and I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. At the time of this recording, it is April 2023, and the student loan freeze is still in full effect, hopefully, prayerfully, for the next few months. Now, the majority of you probably already know what I mean by the student loan freeze, because if you have student loans, you're probably just on top of this as I am. But if you're not, let's do a quick backstory. So way back in 2020, 
during COVID-19, there was relief for federal student loans. And this included the suspension of loan payments, a 0% interest rate, and stopped collections on defaulted loans, which has been amazing. Now, I think none of us really thought that this would stick around for as long as it has, but it has continued to be extended, which we're very, very thankful for. And I'll talk about in a second why I'm personally so thankful for this extension. So right now we are still in this freeze and there's a lot of stuff happening that you all may have seen on the news. And basically what they're saying is that if litigation has not been resolved by June 30th of 2023, Payments will resume 60 days after that because we're currently trying to get some student loan forgiveness going. And, you know, that's just, again, a whole episode (laughs) in and of itself. So what we need to know is that if it hasn't been resolved by June 30th, which who knows, maybe, maybe not, but payments are going to resume two months or 60 days after that. So that would be the end of August. So right now we are still in the freeze. So everything that I'm going to talk about is from the lens of being in the student loan freeze. So I just wanted to clarify what that is and why it's such a big deal. Now, remember in that first episode, I talked about how I didn't have a really great grasp on the student loan process myself. I didn't understand interest. When it comes to paying off your student loan debt, understanding interest is a big deal. And I'm going to break down exactly why. So interest accrues daily on your student loan from the day the loan was initially dispersed. This means that the amount you borrowed is not actually the amount you'll end up paying back. It's significantly more. Now, my loan servicer, again, I was with FedLoan, used the calculation interest rate times current principal balance divided by number of days in the year, and that gave me my daily interest. What this means is every single day, my total balance and your total balance, listening if you have student loan debt, is actually increasing. I know, it totally sucks because the higher your balance is, the more you're gonna have to pay in interest. Now, this means that the student loan freeze being extended signifies that my balance will not be increasing every single day because there is no longer that daily interest rate accrual, which is amazing. So that means that over the past three years, my loans haven't accumulated a dollar of interest. Now, this is so amazing. And again, I should specify my loans are the federal loans did not accrue any interest. As someone who is in six figure, multiple six figure of student loan debt, This means that I'm actually saving several thousand dollars and my balance is not increasing so rapidly because of that interest. Now, anything I choose to pay now or if you're paying on your loans, anything you choose to pay now is going directly to your principal. So your total balance is going down. In other words, or in the words of my husband, Mozzie, who loves to say this, the needle is actually moving instead of staying the same. So understanding your relationship between your loan balance and interest is actually a huge part and a huge key to actually tackling your student loan debt and, like I said, seeing that number go down. That's why it's so important to know your numbers. Interest is truly the worst part. I mean, truly the worst part of student loan debt. And the part that trips a lot of people up when it comes to paying them back is that if you don't fully understand what's happening, and like I said, I've been there myself, if you don't understand what's happening, you end up or you can end up paying years on those loans only to find out that your balance has either A, not decreased at all, or B, significantly increased without you even realizing Yes, it is a shame and a scam. (laughs) You'll probably hear me say that a few times. Student loans are a scam. Okay, 
not going to school and getting an education, but the whole taking out student loans part. Okay, I'm, at, I'm starting to ramble, so let's move on to Mira. Okay, so <laughs> anyways, here's where I'm at now. I want to break down exactly kind of where I'm at with paying off my debt so you have a good idea. So again, when I graduated from OT school, opened my balance, I had $255,000 in federal loans and $20,000 in a private loan for a total of $275,000. When I first started working, like I said before, I wanted to aggressively, actually aggressively pay off that private loan because it was manageable, it was realistic for me, and I knew that I needed to go ahead and attack that one because the interest rate was so high. So I paid off that $20,000 private loan, which left me at $255,000 of federal loans only. Now, before the freeze happened, I was paying the interest on that, on that $255,000. I paid about $10,000 before the freeze happened. That balance actually never decreased. So the $10,000 that I paid, it was only to cover the interest to keep the balance from increasing. So now I'm at $30,000 total that I've paid, but I'm still at $255,000. Hopefully that makes sense. Now, when the freeze happened, I started saving up money in a high-yield savings account, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to put all of that money on my student loans immediately, if I wanted to wait. I ended up waiting because I saw that we kept getting student loan extensions, or the freeze kept getting extended, so I was like, you know what, I'll just kind of hold off on it. So I left that money sitting in a high-yield savings account so that I could earn a little bit more in interest. And I'll talk more about high-yield savings accounts probably in another episode, but if you're curious now, I actually use Marcus by Goldman Sachs, but I also recommend Ally. So high-yield savings accounts are just another form of an account where you can keep your money, but the interest rate is a little bit higher. Actually, right now it's a lot higher than what you would earn in a traditional savings account like with Bank of America or Chase Bank. So I currently use Marcus by Goldman Sachs and I have a little account in there called Student Loans and that is where I would set aside money when I was working and I knew, okay, once the freeze is over, I'll have this money to pay off. Now in that account, I was actually able to save $35,000 and I was very proud of that. So I was able to save that during the freeze And in December of last year, after meeting with our CPA, our accountant, and our our tax team and things like that, I decided to go ahead and take $20,000 of that money in the the, uh, high-yield savings account and put it on my student loans. So now when I log in, my student loans are at $235,000. I have come a long way, but if you were tracking the numbers there, if not, totally okay, I would stumble through this if I didn't have literally all the numbers typed out (laughs) in front of me. I'm not a numbers person. So anyways, if you're like, okay, wait, what? So I started off with $275,000. To date, I have paid $50,000 of in my own money on those student loans. And my balance is now $235,000. Because remember, 10,000 of that only kept the needle where it was. It did not actually decrease my balance before the freeze happened. So that's where I'm at with my student loans. I'm, I have 235,000, which friends, for me, that's really exciting because I was so close to 300,000 and now I'm closer to 200,000. Do I still have a long ways to go? Heck yeah, but am I excited about this? Heck yeah, because it just shows to me that, you know, I was able to do it. And, you know, it's taken me a little bit longer than I thought it would. I'm coming up on four years out of OT school and I've paid off $50,000 of debt. And at this rate, I have a long ways to go, but that's okay because I have a strategy and I'm sticking to the strategy. And today I am helping you map out your strategy. 
So like I said, it's important to know all your numbers. So that's kind of my point number one that I want to go into is talking about knowing your numbers and how you can use the numbers that you have in front of you to go ahead and create your plan just like I did. Now remember in the first episode, we talked about facing your numbers and facing your student loan balance head on. That is so important because you have to really take the time to sit down and look at your finances in the face and know where you stand, right? You want to know how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, what is your income if you're already working. If not, totally fine. Don't think about the income part right now. But knowing the numbers related to your student loans. So you really just can't create a strategy until you know what your student loan balance looks like and and what you're facing. So You've got to know a couple of things here. And if you're taking notes, okay, why would you be listening to a podcast and taking notes? I don't know. Sometimes I just say things and I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? Okay, anyways, (laughs) I digress. So maybe you are taking notes, though. Who knows? If you're taking notes, here's what I want you to write down or here's what I want you to make a mental note of. When you are ready to create your strategy, I want you to know the total amount of student loan debt. So when you log in, how much, what is that big number? What is that big overall number? Okay, you have to know that. And then from there, I want you to know the interest rate. What is your interest rate? Now, typically for federal loans, it's about 7%. Of course, depending on when you listen to this episode, it could still be 0% or it could have gone up. It could have gone down. Who knows what the future holds? So make sure you know what your interest rate is. Make sure you know the payment plan that you're on. There's several different types of payment plans. Typically, you will be automatically kind of put on the standard repayment plan, which does include your interest plus some so that you're actually knocking down the balance. But a lot of times that standard repayment plan is just not feasible. So for example, giving you some real numbers, For my student loan balance, the standard repayment plan was roughly $3,000 a month. And to me, that was just a huge chunk of change that I wasn't comfortable if I wasn't able to pay it. So I actually changed the payment plan that I was on and it brought down my minimum payment to $1,500. That being said, it didn't cover the entire balance. It only covered interest. So that's why I say you kind of have to know which payment plan you're on. But the standard is usually... It's going to allow you to actually pay it off in 10 years, but usually it's very, very high. So you want to know the payment plan that you're on and also what are your options. You also want to know the projected time that it's going to take you to pay off your loans. Again, usually that standard repayment is going to be 10 years, but there's also 20 years. So when I switched mine, I was on a 10-year plan and then it switched to a 20-year plan. You also definitely want to know how much of your monthly payments, once you figure out the plan that you want to be on, you want to know how much your monthly payments are and then what exactly is going to your principal balance versus just covering interest. So again, with the plan that I chose, I knew, okay, only $1,500, this is only going to be an interest. So that $255,000 that I see never is going to go down if I'm just covering the interest. Now, let's say I had chose another type of plan and they told me, okay, well, your minimum payment is going to be $500. More affordable, yes, but that would not have covered interest. So then my balance would have been increasing. And that's what I really want you to watch out for. So you have to pay at least the minimum to prevent the balance from increasing. Now, when you can, and if you can, that's when you're going to pay more than the minimum. But if all you can do right now is pay the minimum, then pay the minimum and know what that is. You also, a quick little tip here, you can set up automatic payments. So this is something that I did. I linked my 
uh, my bank account into my student loan account and I was able to set up automatic payments to just cover that $1,500 a month. And by doing so, you get a little percentage off. So moving on, let's go on to talking about, basically I wanna talk to you about how to create, once you have your numbers, how to use your numbers to create an organized strategy with realistic goals, which is so, so important to have those realistic goals. If you're anything like me, you've got big goals, right? Paying off your debt and still having fun and living your life, which means you need big plans, right? You've got big goals, so you need big plans. Do you wanna be debt-free in five years, 10 years? Again, once you know your numbers and you know that minimum and the repayment term that you're on, you'll be able to determine you know, what, what your debt-free kind of journey looks like, but you'll also need to know your income. So if you're trying to pay off your loans, you have to know kind of how much money you're gonna be making. So if you're stressing about, why am I going to pay off my loans and you don't even have a job yet, I just want you to take a breath because you don't really have to stress about this because you really need to know your income before you can create your strategy. So to my students listening, to my new grads who don't quite have a job yet, I still want you to know your numbers, but don't stress out about creating your your goals yet at this point because you you don't know, right? You don't know how long it's really going to take you realistically until you have your salary. Now, that being said, you can use those numbers and you can use the minimum and you can have an idea like, okay, maybe I want to get out of debt in five years, 10 years. You can have an idea of, you know, the path that you want to be on. um, But I just don't want you to stress about it too much because I stressed about it a lot. And I was like, okay, I have to just figure out how much money I'm even working with before I can sit down and really map this whole thing out. So that being said, if you have a job, you can go ahead and map out your strategy. If you don't have a job yet, the thing that you want to do is put your time and energy and focus into finding a job that will allow you to pay that minimum. So once you've worked out that minimum, you kind of have an idea, okay, so this is how much I need to be bringing in per month after taxes so that I'm able to cover the minimum. Now, of course, you know, this is just, you can get a general idea. If, if you don't have a job, you can get a general idea. But like I said, your income is really going to determine what kind of plan works best for you. I find this to be better than kind of graduating and be like, okay, I'm paying these off in two years. And then you fall into that sh- where you're kind of stressing yourself out because of maybe the job that you really want. You don't get the income that you need to actually do that. So now, I don't even know if I've said this on the podcast, but personal finance is personal, right? So everything that I'm sharing with you is to help kind of give you a direction. But if you're the type of person who you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to say I'm paying my loans off in two years and I'm going to stick to it. Kudos to you, friend. And I'm here to support you in that as well. Now, that being said, the majority of the people I talk to and in my experience, it works to do it the other way around to get the job and then make the plan from there versus the other way around. So like I said, do works do what works for you take what resonates with you always and just know that you know part of creating a plan is creating your long and short-term goals so you want to do that too right right once you get your income once you feel like okay my minimum my balance is covered and this doesn't have to be I want to stress this this doesn't have to be only for becoming debt-free if you want to plan for a vacation if you want to plan for a larger expense you know if you need a new car if you want to buy a home you should absolutely add this into your plan as well when you're thinking about your organized strategy for paying off your student loan debt. Also add in there the things that bring you joy and the things that you want to work towards. So make sure that you add that as well because I truly believe that you have to find joy and find happiness and have fun 
along the way. That's, you know, that's what navigating being in, in six figure and multiple six figure student loan debt. That's that's what's going to make you. I mean, I don't want to say enjoy the journey, but make the journey a little more enjoyable, I guess, because I'm certainly not enjoying paying off the debt. I just want to be done with it. But by doing these things, I feel like I am making the journey a little bit more enjoyable. So that's my goal for you too. With that being said, my last, I guess, point that I wanted to talk about is keeping in mind that slow and steady wins the race. And what I mean by this is, if you are anything like me, if you're in the same boat as me, whether it's going to take you 5, 10, or 20 years to pay off your student loan balance, it's a, what do they say? It's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's truly how it is. Because like I said, for the majority of us with what, what, with what we make as OTs, aggressively paying off our student loan balance is hard. So typically you're going to be in the slow and steady category. And that's okay, right? As long as, as, long as you've got your plan, that's okay. So the big thing here is, like I said, making goals for yourself that are fun, right? Vacation or home buying, car buying, whatever it is, but saving up for bigger expenses. This one has been an absolute key for me. So a while ago, I had my eye on a vacuum, a particular vacuum. And I had my eye on this vacuum because, okay, backstory, we have two dogs. I have a dog, Coco. She's a little Yorkie and she's hypoallergenic, so she doesn't shed hubby has a dog named blue blue is a husky german shepherd lab mix she is a big hairy girl but we love her so i wanted to get a vacuum that could really stay on top of the shedding because i'm not used to shedding because my dog doesn't shed so i told myself hubby you know what i really want this vacuum but it had a hefty price tag and if you know the vacuum you know what i'm talking about the vacuum was roughly six hundred dollars so i knew i wanted the vacuum but i knew it wouldn't be wise for us to just immediately take six hundred dollars out of a paycheck to buy this vacuum so i said okay you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna save up for this bigger expense so i created a savings plan for myself where over the next three months i would set aside two hundred dollars before i purchased it and what i did was i looked at my budget or, or our budget together to see kind of where i could cut back so that i could allocate that extra two hundred dollars a month towards the purchase later in the year i also made sure and this is key for you too you also want to make sure that whatever you're saving up for however you're allocating that money or rearranging your budget make sure that it's not impacting your monthly student loan bill because the key here is that you never ever ever if you don't hear anything else i say on this episode you never want to take money from your student loan payment pile towards bigger expenses, whether that's vacation, home buying, whatever it is, you don't want to take the money from your student loan payment, especially that minimum payment, because remember, if you do that, then your balance is going to increase. So always make sure that minimum is covered no matter what. So instead of doing that, you don't want to do that. Instead, what you want to do is once you've got your budget you know, together, you can kind of figure out, okay, here's where I need to cut back on so that you can save up over time for your big fun expense, whatever it may be. For me, it was a vacuum which saying that out loud, I just realized I'm in peak adulting because I was really excited about a vacuum. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny to me. So anyways, whatever your big fun expenses, maybe it's a vacation. Who knows? Maybe it's a vacuum. Just make, sh- make sure that you're saving up for those bigger expenses over time. The big point, I think I really just want to drive home, and I'm pretty sure I said it in the first episode, is remembering everything in moderation. I'm all for having fun, you know, even while you're on your debt-free journey. Like, 
I love to go to new restaurants and I love to go shopping every once in a while. But the thing is, it has to be in moderation, right? I love to pamper myself, but it has to be in moderation. I love taking vacations, but it has to be in moderation. Are you seeing a theme here? (laughs) You can enjoy the simple pleasures that you love, but the sacrifice here on your debt-free journey is that you're only going to do it in moderation, not all the time. And I would say that that is still a... That, like that's okay, right? That's that's still that's a good trade-off, right? You can still do the things that bring you joy. You just can't do them all the time yet. So enjoy those moments when you do get to indulge. And remember that one day you'll get to indulge far more frequently as long as you stay the course and keep your eye on the prize. I strongly believe that when you try to deprive yourself of those simple and small joys in life, it ends up making this journey significantly harder. And You may find yourself going in circles, right? And you're never actually crawling out from under the debt. And that's not what I want for you. I want you to be able to stay the course and to actually be able to one day not have the weight of the student loan debt hanging on your shoulders. Now, with that being said, your massive student loan debt is absolutely not who you are. You don't have to live off rice and beans, okay, unless you like rice and beans, which, hey, I like rice and beans myself, but I don't want to live off of it, right? (laughs) Remember too, and I said this in the first episode, you did what you had to do to get where you needed to be. And that's that's what you're doing, and that's what you're doing now. So you're going to dig your way out, you're going to be okay, and we're going to do it together. I'll end with this. Becoming debt-free won't happen overnight. So whether it takes you two, three, five, 10 or 20 years, friend, there will come a day when you don't have that debt attached to your name. It's a journey. So don't forget to give yourself grace, be patient, and treat yourself along the way. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.